Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Friday, August 25th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. We start with the weather. If you're in Riverside today, brace yourselves for a high of 94.5 degrees with a low later settling at 67.9 degrees. Now, onto the news roundup. A key figure in economic decision-making, Federal Reserve's Chair Jerome Powell is set to approach his upcoming Jackson Hole speech cautiously. The market's anticipation for this address is at an all-time high. Also on our radar is the housing market as spiking mortgage rates are pushing affordability limits and changing buyer preferences overall. In international updates, India is considering a move that may ramp up its electric vehicle manufacturing by chipping away at its import taxes. All these stories and more up next on Alex's News. Stay tuned. We begin this morning with an eagerly anticipated speech by Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell at the forthcoming Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. Now, joining us to delve into the heart of the matter is Elias, our resident financial expert. Elias, tell us about the expectations surrounding Chair Powell's speech. Certainly, Connie. Well, Reuters suggests that Jerome Powell is expected to take a cautious approach in his address in light of recent gains in the U.S. economy, including falling inflation and low unemployment rates. The theory is that Powell would want to avoid rocking the boat and disrupting financial stability. So, the economy is doing relatively well and Powell doesn't want to disrupt that growth. But you also mentioned interest rates and inflation. How do these figure into Powell's anticipated speech? Great questions, Connie. Well, the market has been anticipating further rate increases and there is a chance of future rate cuts due to declining inflation. These factors could significantly impact the tone of Powell's speech he may also delve into longer-term topics such as structuring of interest rates and how shifting demographics could affect the financial climate moving forward. Sounds like some weighty topics are on the table. Now I understand there are concerns regarding the recent shifts in the yield curve for the U.S. Treasury. Is that correct? Absolutely right, Connie. To clarify for our viewers, the yield curve compares two-year with 10-year yields, its recent steepening suggests the market believes high interest rates will no longer detriment the economy, otherwise known as bear steepening. This has led to hedge funds taking bearish bets on long-term U.S. treasuries. But the risk of an unwind and potential short squeeze is raised if Powell does not deliver a market-friendly message. Now Elias, Barron's provided an interesting summary of potential highlights from the symposium. Can you give us a summary? Yes, Connie. Barron's analysis suggests much of the debate is about the length of time the central bank will maintain high interest rates and whether policies of easy credit can or should make a comeback. They're also discussing topics like the end of globalization, the concept of a neutral interest rate, and the performance of stocks after previous Jackson Hole events. So as we can see, there's a lot of anticipation on various fronts, and keen watchers are scouting for signs in Powell's remarks. And finally, Elias, Federal Reserve official Patrick Harker has put forth his view. Could you share that with us? Sure. Connie Harker suggested in a report by Market Screener that while the federal funds rate should remain high, additional rate hikes might not be necessary. This sentiment fits the broader consensus that caution should be exercised in altering the rate landscape. Thanks, Elias. 
A lot seems to hinge on Chair Powell's communication at Jackson Hole. While all eyes will be on his remarks, any shift, subtle or pronounced, could significantly affect the market and investor behavior. Certainly a story for us to keep tracking. Indeed, Connie, it's a waiting game now. Thank you, Elias, for your insights. Stay tuned, everyone. We have more top stories coming your way. Our second story this morning focuses on the ongoing shakeup in the housing market, spurred on by soaring mortgage rates. Let's bring in our resident financial reporter, Grace, to discuss this in further detail. Hi, Grace. Can you give us an overview of what is happening in the market? Absolutely, Connie, and it's certainly a complex situation. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage has hit a level we haven't seen since 2001. This is significantly changing the landscape of the market. Freddie Mac anticipates the robust economy will maintain a steady pressure on the rates, at least in the short term. But it's not all bad news, as we're also seeing an uptick in the availability and sales of new homes. Interesting. And besides the high mortgage rates, what are the other challenges the housing market is facing? Well, interestingly enough, Connie, it's not just our local market feeling the ripples. Luxurious homes in cities like Dubai and Tokyo have seen their prices skyrocket, contributing to the upward pressure we're seeing on the overall market. And this isn't just speculation. Notable figures in financial circles like Bill Gross from PIMCO and Vishal Garg, CEO of Better.com, have expressed their views on the situation. Garg even highlighted an increase in financial support sought by first-time homebuyers from their parents, which might be due to these high rates. Furthermore, Skylar Olson from Zillow underscores that tax incentives for transforming vacant office spaces into residential units could help alleviate some of these issues. But how have these conditions, especially the rise in mortgage rates, impacted the behavior of potential home buyers? Well, the rise in rates is having a very tangible impact already. We've seen a 4.2% week-over-week fall in the volume of mortgage applications. High home prices combined with a low supply of houses, and these high mortgage rates are creating affordability issues. Redfin data shows us that current buyers can afford less than before. For example, a buyer with a monthly budget of $3,000 can now afford a $429,000 home with a 7.4% mortgage rate, as opposed to a $500,000 home at a 5.5% rate in August last year. And how are potential home buyers reacting to all of this? Good question. The data shows there's a clear shift in home buyer preferences. With the return to in-person work, homes near major employment centers are becoming more desirable due to their convenience and relative affordability. Lastly, how reliable is this data, Grace? The data we're discussing here comes from an assortment of reputable sources, Freddie Mac, CNBC, VMReport.com, and the National Association of Realtors, NAR, website. It's important to note the NAR doesn't just look at the here and now, but also provides insights based on a wide range of historical data. This information is valuable for businesses and clients in the industry, offering insights into housing statistics, affordability, commercial real estate, and international transactions at the national, regional, and metro market levels. Indeed, it sounds like we're heading into a time of change and uncertainty in the housing market. I guess this serves as a reminder for all potential home buyers to be cautious and thorough in their research before making the commitment. Thanks for the comprehensive coverage, Grace. Always glad to share these insights, Connie. Stay tuned for more as the situation unfolds.
Thanks for staying with us, listeners. Our final story of the day revolves around a potentially groundbreaking policy change by the Indian government that could dramatically shift the landscape of the electric vehicle or EV industry. Ethan, our auto industry correspondent, is here to help us understand the complexities of this story. Ethan, what's happening in India? Well, Connie, the latest out of India is that their government is contemplating a new electric vehicle policy which would include lowering import taxes specifically for automakers that commit to setting up local manufacturing units. This move comes in response to a proposal by Tesla to penetrate the Indian market, and it could have tremendous consequences for the global EV market. So you're saying that this proposed policy could entice global automakers to enter India's EV market? How significant is that? It is indeed a significant move, Connie. As of now, Any EV costing above $40,000 faces an import tax of a whopping 100%, and those under the threshold are taxed at a hefty 70%. But under this new proposition, the tax could fall to 15%, a dramatic decrease, for automakers like Tesla that wish to set up local manufacturing. That's a substantial drop. Would this reduction in import taxes make electric vehicles more affordable to the average Indian consumer? For sure, Connie. If you consider Tesla's plan alone, they've expressed interest in setting up a local factory in India to manufacture a new EV priced around $24,000. That's about 25% cheaper than its current entry-level model. This could certainly make EV more accessible, thus broadening consumer range in India's growing market. But surely there is some opposition or hesitation to this initiative. Can you expand on that? Absolutely. That's a very important point. The Indian government, while supportive of the evolving EV market, is also desperate to prevent potential market disruption or adversely impacting domestic manufacturers like Tata Motors and Mahindra who are investing heavily in local EV manufacturing. Reducing import taxes could make imported EVs aggressively competitive, potentially threatening these local productions. So it's a balancing act for the Indian government. What's the latest on the policy deliberations? As of now, The proposal is under serious consideration where the government is pondering on how to implement this without causing upset on the domestic front. The final tax rate could change in the process. It's worth noting that this move aligns India with countries like Indonesia, who have implemented similar measures to draw in EV manufacturers. And how big of a deal is this not only for India, but also for automakers worldwide? Well, Connie, India's car market is the third largest globally, and its EV sales are surging. Therefore, reducing import taxes for EVs may not only further Tesla's business plans but could also draw other international automakers. Interestingly, Prime Minister Narendra Modi is closely monitoring progress, but he hasn't suggested any special incentives for Tesla beyond this tax cut. This certainly seems like a transformative period for the electric vehicle industry in India. Thank you for this in-depth analysis, Ethan. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Connie. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, 11 Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.